You're listening to SermonCast, the online preaching ministry of Hope Hull United Methodist Church. Be sure to visit us at hopehullumc.org sermons, where you can subscribe to future episodes of SermonCast and browse our archive of past messages. Thanks for tuning in. So when you hear the word worship, what comes to mind? Yeah. Church, praying, what else? Sing. Say again. Yep. Jesus, singing, gathering, right? Being here together. We're going to talk about this this morning. In Romans 12, 1, it teaches us that all of life is about worship. And then in Psalm 150, it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Psalm 34, 1, his praise will always be on my lips. And then Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So it's clear that the Father wants all of life to be worship. Now, it doesn't mean that we, everything we say, we sing, right? Go clean your room. No, it's not that kind of worship. It's, it's our life is to be lifted up and presented to the Father as worship. As Romans 12, 1 tells us, that is our spiritual act of worship. So we can worship the Father anywhere and everywhere, alone, with the kids, in the car, going to work, uh, working for Him. So if we can worship anywhere, why do we gather here together? And I, I hear a lot of people say, you know, I really connect with God in nature. I really feel close to God when I am by the water. Oh man, there's something about standing on the beach by yourself and just thinking about all that he's made and how small I am compared to how amazing he is. And, and whenever you're in the mountains, just to feel that humbling of, of how magnificent and amazing he is. And we can worship there. So if we can worship so well other places, why do we come here? Why do we get up early and get dressed Take a shower, get the kids ready, get everyone fed breakfast. Why do we make the effort to come here? What is so special about believers gathering together? Is it not enough just to be Christian and just to go about our lives? After all, going to church doesn't save us, right? It is, really, is it really important to gather together as believers? The answer is an emphatic yes. Josh and I have been involved in this part of worship, the gathering of believers, for many, many years. And I began leading worship when I was in high school. Our church was small, and we didn't have any kind of um, pray, a live praise and worship. And we were going on a retreat, and I said, okay, we, we need someone to lead worship, so I'm going to learn the guitar. And I clumsily learned the guitar, and they were gracious enough to, to sing along. I'm sure it was, was not great. But um, so I've been leading worship in college, and, and since then, and Josh gave you a little bit of his story that he started with guitar and leading um, when he was in his place around um, 2001, 2002. Whenever we got married, um, God allowed us to join a band together in First Baptist Opelika, and we led, Josh took over that praise band as a part-time gig, and we were there for several several years and loved leading worship like that, and then God um, arranged for us to go to worship school in Colorado Springs, so Josh was invited to um, go there and just learn all things worship, 
you know, working with staff, working with groups, um, just the ins and outs of music and this kind of worship, the gathering together um, of the saints. So we were in Colorado Springs for a year. Um, I was pregnant with Hope. We already had Noble, and we moved across the country to Colorado. We were there at school for a year, and then we got invited to, he got invited, I say we, but he got invited to join a church on staff there in Colorado Springs. So we were there in Colorado Springs for uh, almost eight years, and we had the rest of our babies in, we have um, five, five kids, and so the other four were born in Colorado Springs, and we just had a, a really rich time of worship there and just learned so many things, some good things, some hard things, and uh, we are thankful to be back in Sweet Home, Alabama, and just doing this part-time again, and um, Josh works a full-time job, um, and then he does this, and it's a blessing for me to get to be a part of leading with him and singing with him, and that's just um, very filling for both of us. We, we love it. Um, so why do we meet together? I want to look at our, our main scripture today, which is Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. It's a short scripture, but it's packed. So Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. It says, Let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So we see an, a, a glance into why we meet together. First of all, the Bible says to, God says to meet together, to gather together, um, to be together um, in our structure one day a week at least um, as believers. And it says to encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching, and that day approaching would be the day of Christ, of Christ's return. And so as we get closer, less, we need encouragement even more. I'm sure you guys are feeling that. The more life goes on, the more encouragement we need. And this place is to be a place of encouragement. So there are a lot of other things that we do here in this building. We encourage one another. We sing together. We pray. We hear the word preached. We read the word um, we go to Sunday school, and we encourage each other there, and we read scripture there. Um, we take sacrament, we take the Lord's Supper, and we remember what he's done for us. Um, so there are lots of things that we do, but today I just want to focus on two, and that's the encouraging part, and then the singing part. So in Ephesians 5, 18 through 19, it says, Be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. And then Romans 15, 5, I'm going to read this to you as well. It speaks a little bit about how we're to do that. Now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another, according to Jesus Christ, so that you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one mind and with one voice. Notice that it doesn't say the same voice. We're not supposed to be the same. We're all different, but one voice. Tony Evans describes this in a great way. He says, unity is not a matter of sameness but oneness. Unity does not mean uniformity. It means oneness of purpose. 
So when we gather together, we are unified for one purpose, and that is to bring glory to Jesus Christ. Amen? That is why we're here, to bring glory to him, to bring glory to God, to make him known, to be to be known by God and to make him known. That is what we're doing here. And then we, we glorify God by dif- these different ways. We glorify him. That's the overarching purpose, right? To bring him glory, to be one of heart, to be one mind. And we do that through other elements such as prayer and hearing the word and, and taking the sacraments. And, but um, we're going to talk about bringing glory to God through encouraging one another and through singing. So, so why do we gather, number one, to encourage? And then I mentioned that scripture, Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not neglecting meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. So I don't know if, you, if you've ever felt this, but when you're in a room with these people, people who you know love the Lord, and you are singing the same song, does that do something to your heart? Is that, I mean, that is encouraging to me whenever I can hear, because Josh and I, we're up here leading, and you may not know this, but we can hear you singing, and I'm so thankful for that, because that is encouraging to my soul. That lifts me up for me to hear us all singing the same thing. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus, or for us to sing, it is well with my soul altogether, and to be with one heart and one voice and one mind, we are lifting up praise to the Father together, and that's such a beautiful thing. Um, as far as encouraging each other, I bet whenever you heard Josh sing the song Survivor this morning, someone came to mind. And we've just been here for a little while, but we've gotten to know a few of your stories so many of you, as Josh said, all of us are survivors in many ways, but some of you have survived some really horrible, sad things. And I bet your mind went to each other whenever you, you heard that song. And that's another way to encourage one another is as we're singing these songs up here, think of someone else who needs this message and pray for them in that moment. Lord, thank you that she is a survivor. God, I pray that you would give her extra strength today as you're singing, lifting her up. And then maybe maybe after church, go in and saying, you know, whenever we sang that song, I really thought of you. That made me think of you. And I just want you to know that you are doing a great job and that you are, um, God is using you in spite of your pain. And, and I don't know, just find different, different ways to encourage each other through the song. Um, one of the songs that I can remember hearing you as a congregation sing so loud is that, um, that God, you're so good. And if you're like me, I mean, I sang this to my kids 10 years ago, you know, and I, my mom sang it to me as a child. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. And I heard all of us singing that song together. And it lifted me up, and it really just brought um, peace and hope to my heart. And that was encouraging to me because the one verse in that song says, if this life brings suffering, and we know it really should say when this life brings suffering, right? When this life brings suffering, I will remember what Calvary has bought for me 
both now and forever. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good to me. So we encourage each other. Um, We need each other. We were meant to be together. We were meant to worship together and to work together. We cannot develop as sons and daughters of God without regularly being with other believers. All of this is for God's glory and for our good. So many times we've been tempted to think my relationship with God is just between me and God. You know, I'm I'm not going to bring anyone else into this relationship. Um, I can worship him from anywhere. I don't need other believers. But in fact, all through scripture, we find that that is not true. We need each other. And not only is it important, it's a part of who we are. If we are Christian, we need to be with each other. We need each other. We need to encourage each other and do that as we're at this gathering together. And man, it's, it's so hard to do that sometimes because we all have things going on in our life. And it's easy just to come in here in this room and to sit down and not share anything with anyone and not talk to anyone else and then to leave. And, and I think that it's important that you're here and I know that the Lord will speak to your heart. But let's challenge ourselves to step out a little bit, to meet someone that we don't know or someone that you do know, and if you're having a hard time, tell them. Or if someone's tell, if someone tells you that they're having a hard time, ask in that moment, can I pray for you? Like, can we stop what we're doing right now and pray? Or tell them I'll pray for you and then do it. Like, make a reminder on your phone, set a timer on your phone, and pray for them every day that week. And maybe send them a text throughout the week saying, I'm thinking of you, and I'm praying for that thing you told me about. Um, it is easier for us to encourage each other if we are involved more than, the, than just this gathering right here. Because it's, um, I don't know about you, but it's, for me, it's hard to get into deep conversations, you know, just before or after church. So I think that Sunday school lends more to that. And then as we start meeting again on Wednesdays, when does that start up on Wednesdays? Come again? August 18th, thank you. So on August 18th, we're going to start meeting on Wednesday nights. And there is something about meeting during the week, too, that's going to be encouraging and that's going to bring us closer together. And it's going to give you the freedom to say, if I am having a hard time, to share more with someone and to open up more. So I just challenge you to maybe step out into something that may be a little more uncomfortable than what you're used to and and press into these relationships that are here because God designed us, if you are a believer, to need each other. And if you are doing this Christian life alone, you are not walking in all the blessings that God has for you. And the church is not perfect. And there will be people that let you down. There will be people that disappoint you. You will disappoint someone, but there is grace for that, right? And there is forgiveness in that. And the Lord, through his Holy Spirit, can connect us and encourage us. And as we become closer and encourage one another, we begin to glorify God more and achieve the mission for which he has purpose for this church. To follow Jesus and to change the world. To change Hope Hole, to change this county, to change Alabama, to change the world. So one reason that we gather is to encourage each other. 
a second reason, and there are so many other reasons, y'all, but I just chose these two. It seemed like the more I dug into this topic on worship and gathering together, um, I felt like I didn't grasp. The more that I studied, I felt like the less I knew. Have y'all ever experienced that? Like there's so much more to the beauty and the mystery of, of believers gathering together than I could ever fathom. But I chose these two simple ones for us to talk about today. And the second one, so why do we gather? We gather to sing praises to him, to sing. I mean, it's going to be hard to find a Christian church service on this planet that doesn't involve singing. I mean, it's going to be rare to go to a service, a worship service that doesn't have singing. That's because all throughout Scripture, especially in Psalm and, and all throughout the New Testament, like we are told to use our voices to sing to God. Um, I want to read Ephesians 5 again. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks for everything to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. So all throughout Scripture, we read about praising Him and bringing thanksgiving to Him, to lifting up worship to Him. And like Romans 15 showed us with one heart and one voice, as a group. It is special when we sing as one, and it is supernatural. It is above my understanding. So I want to go to John 4, 23 and 24. You don't have to turn there with me, but you can. John 4, 23 and 24. And Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. And you'll have to go back and read the whole story on your own. It's, it's pretty amazing. It's a great It's a great um, story. But in verse 23, it says, An hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Okay, so we have a glimpse of how we are to worship him and lift up praises to him as a group. So what are the two things that he says? Yeah, spirit and truth. And then I dig a little, did a little digging on that. And um, one of my favorite pastor preachers is Tony Evans, and he is, he is so good if you guys ever want to check out some of his sermons. But he defines worship in the spirit as this, is to have a heart that is in pursuit of an intimate spiritual relationship with God who is spirit. So it's worshiping with your heart in pursuit of a relationship with God. Worship in truth is worshiping him in a biblically accurate way through the one who is the truth. So we're worshiping him through Jesus, in Jesus' name, in a biblical way. So God is on the hunt for those who will worship him spiritually through Jesus Christ based on the truth of his word. So we're worshiping with our hearts. We're worshiping in spirit. We're worshiping with with our affection. We're worshiping with our emotion. But also we're worshiping in truth. We're grounded in the truth of God's word. So it's not all emotion. It's not not an emotional experience that leaves you shallow. But yet it's not just truth. It's not just just your mind engaged because that can lead to to a a drier um, 
feeling and experience, right? But it's both. It's to worship with our heart and with our mind in a biblical way in God's truth. Mark 7, 6 through 7 gives a, a warning, a rebuke. Jesus says, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. I don't want that to be me. And I confess that sometimes that is me. Where I'm going through the motions, I'm singing, I'm doing the thing, but my heart is far from him. There's grace for that and there's forgiveness for that, but God does not want me to stay there. He wants my affections and my heart and my pursuit of him to be there when I sing worship to him. And as a group, that's what he wants for all of us. For us to pursue him with our hearts, to pursue him with our minds according to his word. Some of us are more bent toward the spirit side of worshiping. And some of us have a bent more toward the truth side. Toward worshiping more with our minds and worshiping with our hearts. And my challenge is for you to do one thing this week that can engage that other side, that the other part of worship. So if you are more bent toward uh, worshiping with your mind and, and just focusing just on the truth and, and having your heart kind of far away, ask the Holy Spirit this week to engage, to help you engage your spirit, to help you engage your heart. And if you are on that other side where you engage so much of your heart, but you are less likely to... to um, to be grounded by the truth and to be grounded by his word and, and to use your, your mind in that worship, then ask him to pull you in on that side as well. And the Holy Spirit is so faithful and so gracious, and he'll do that. And he'll help us to be that worshiper that he desires and that John 4 talks about, the worshiper who worships in spirit and in truth. And he'll answer that. Um, so sing truth. We want to speak truth. We want to hear truth. And then we want to sing with our heart, we want to speak with our heart, and we want to listen with our hearts while we're here. So we don't want to be devoid of either spirit or truth. We want to engage our hearts and our minds according to God's truth. Okay. And then just a side note, um, there are different styles and different ways of worshiping God. Josh and I have been in many churches, and we've seen different styles of music and different ways of expression. And some of us are more naturally expressive than others. And I am, I am expressive in my worship, and you'll see that come out. And then there are some that are less expressive in worship, and one is not better than the other. I want you to do, God wants you to do what is authentic to you. But let me encourage you, if you are more on the expressive and if you're like me and, and my little wake here and you hear music and it's really hard to stay still, feel free to move. There is freedom in this place. If you want to raise your hand in, in proclamation to say, yes, I believe in what that song is singing, yes. Or when Matt says a truth, he just he's so good at dropping these, these truth bombs that just blow your mind. And if you're like, yes, amen, you know, scream out amen. Or raise your hand during worship if, if that is who who you are and who you desire to be, then, then be who you are in worship. But if you are, are more, um, if that is not your style, then don't attempt to be like that. You be who God has made you to be, but be, walk in the freedom of that. Does that make sense? So 
just if you if you feel so moved by the spirit um, during a song, feel free to raise your hand or to clap. During that lay me down song, it's got such a good groove, you know. I just want to just go to town clapping on that one, and sometimes I do. But um, that's just such a good one to clap to. But feel the freedom to do that. And remember that our we have an audience of one in worship. It's so easy to think, what are these people around me going to think if I do this or don't do this? What if I don't feel compelled to raise my hand? Because we've been in situations in church services where everyone's raising their arms, and it would be inauthentic and not in the true spirit of, of worship for them to raise their hands if, if they are not led to do that. So it's a, um, God, help me to praise you with my heart, to see you as an audience of one, and to worship you in an authentic way with my heart and with my mind. Okay, so um, also I think that it's really neat that this church offers two different styles of worship. We have one style here, and then at 11 o'clock we offer another style of worship with the traditional sense and more of the traditional hymns and the piano and I think I hear choir is going to get started back, so I'm super excited about that and hearing some of the music from the choir. Um, and that's just a beautiful expression. Neither is better, neither is, is um, higher than the other. It's just different. And if our hearts are engaged in worship in both, that's what, that's what counts. Um, Hebrews 13, 15 says, Therefore, through him, through Jesus, let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, that is, the fruit of lips that confess his name. Let's continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. So I mentioned that we lived in Colorado Springs for a while, and there was this, I love coffee, there was this amazing coffee shop. And with a lot of kids, mama needs to get away, right? I need a break sometimes. And so I would go to this place in old Colorado City. It's called Sof uh, Agia Sophia, and it was fantastic. It was in this old turn-of-the-century turn building, and um, you walk in, and it's just, it's, they had like Gregorian chants, Gregorian music playing, and then like, it looked like the inside of a, a church building. It was just very interesting with lots of books, and, but it was just very peaceful, and it engaged my mind, and um, so I would go there to read and to, to um, do different things just to be by myself, but they, they had an amazing chai, by the way, which is why I went there, but um, I loved, I loved that place. And they had a section full of C.S. Lewis books. And I picked one up one day just to read while I was there. And it talked about worship and his thoughts on worship. And um, during his time, there was a church debate on music. Could you believe that? Um, on whether high church was better than just someone playing piano and just singing from their heart without the formality and the structure of high church, and um, with the organs and the 50-member choir and, and the robes, and he was talking about which one, you know, there was the debate of which one was better, which one brings more honor and glory to God. He made the case that the best singer, the best organist, the best pianist, the, one, the singer who could sing the highest and the lowest with the strongest voice, none of them could impress God because they are human and he alone is God. He made them. They are a creation of God. 
So there's no way that God would say, wow, I didn't know she could sing like that. Man, you know. Or, wow, did you hear those runs she did with her voice? That is fantastic. Or, wow, he was, fancy. He was great on those keys. I had no idea he could play like that. There are no surprises. God is not impressed with our performance, but he wants our hearts. And he equated it to a drawing that a child gives their parents. Those of you with kids, has your kid ever given you a drawing? Thousands, right? And I want to show one of my kids' drawings. Tanya's going to put it up there. Is it up there? Awesome. Thanks, guys. So this is from Wake, my cutie up here. And he said that's me singing with antennas, I guess. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. And when he presents me, they all, all five of my kids will bring art to me. And when they present that to me, and it's for me, and it's from their hearts, guys, I melt. And I wouldn't trade that bug singing for any Picasso. And it's more important to me than the, the most expensive art piece in the world. Do you know why? Because he's my child. And he's offering it to me. And that's what Lewis was saying. God, our, 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 our attempts at art toward God are like this drawing, but he loves it. He loves it so much because we are his children and we are presenting it to him with our hearts. And God may not be impressed or surprised, but he receives it and it makes him proud and happy. So when we are singing together as a group and we are singing in, with spirit and in truth, our Father in heaven is saying, wow, thank you for this gift. This is beautiful. I love it. You're my child and I'm so proud of you. Thank you. So you may say, all this singing, I don't have a good voice. God did not gift me in the singing area. Where does that leave me? Okay, let's go back to remembering our Father, our audience of one, and he wants your heart. Now, if, if Blaze were to hand me a drawing, I would not say, oh, yikes, that is so not a circle. You know, he doesn't have any ears. You know, I would not tear apart his drawing. I would know that it's from a heart that wants to give me a gift. So if you do not sound like the person next to you, that's okay. You sing with your heart as loud as you want to, with all that you have, with your heart and your mind. Lift it up to the Father, and don't you worry about anyone else hearing your voice, because your Father finds it beautiful, because you are his child. I think that God is happy that his kids are bringing him gifts of praise together with one heart and one mind. He's not judging the talent of the singer, but looking at our hearts. So we've discussed some answers to why do we gather together to worship? We gather to encourage, like we talked about today, and we gather to sing. So I want to share some practical ways to prepare and engage as we worship together each week. So there are some things that you can do, that I can do throughout the week to prepare for corporate worship. 
to prepare for this gathering. We can pray. Pray for the worship that's going to come next Sunday. Pray for the speaker that is going to be speaking and bringing God's word. Pray for uh, anyone who's involved, any leaders, any teachers of the kids, any teachers of adults, any ushers, any helpers, any greeters. Um, Pray for anyone who's serving. Pray for the people who are coming. Pray for God to bring new people. Pray that when the new people come, that they would feel welcome, um, that God would touch their heart so we can pray. We can give thanks to prepare a heart. Uh, I think it's Psalm 50 says, a thankful heart prepares the way for you, God. So as we are thankful and grateful, we are prepared to receive what the Father has for us each week in worship. Um, if you know someone that's going through something, or, or maybe God just puts them on your heart, let them know. Let them know that God has put them on your heart through a text, an email, a phone call. Uh, maybe take them by if you know they love coffee or if you know they love uh, a certain treat or certain flowers. Just go gift them. Go get them something and just let them know that you're thinking of them. Encourage each other throughout the week. Um, and on the way to church, I think that it's important how we set ourselves up to receive and to worship on the way to church. And guys, there have been times when I have been convicted when I dropped my babies off in Sunday school or my babies off in class that morning. And I'm thinking, I walk away from them going, I was so rude to them. I was so short with them. How are they going to learn anything? They're probably thinking about how mean their mama was on the way to church this morning. And there have been times when I've had to apologize to them after church for my attitude, or maybe times when I should have and I didn't. Um, But let's think about how we treat our kids on the way to church, because guys, it is stressful. There's something about a baby having to need a diaper change right when you're walking out the door. Can anyone else relate to that? Or they, this beautiful outfit that you put on them is ruined (laughs) because you didn't change the diaper soon enough, and now you've got to go back in, and you're late, and everyone's stressed out. Or husbands and wives, as you're driving to church, is probably not the best time to discuss something difficult on the way to church. Just kind of hold it. Watch your tongue, as James tells us. Keep yourself in check and maybe talk about it later. Just guard that time on the way to church. Maybe pray on the way to church as a family. And then while you're here, remember what God has done for you throughout the week. Bring to him during worship, while you're singing, bring to him your honest questions and prayers. Also, find someone to encourage. And if you're having a hard time, tell somebody. How can we help you and pray for you if we don't know what's going on? And maybe you don't like to share a lot, and that's okay. You can just say, hey, will you pray for me? I'm going through a hard time. You don't have to give details. But let us know so that we can all pray for you. If, you're, if you've had a victory, tell someone Let someone rejoice with you. We are to rejoice with those who rejoice. We are to mourn with those who mourn. And if we don't know what's going on in your life, we can't do that. So let's be the church that rejoices and that mourns with with each other and that's honest with each other. During worship, and it's it's happened to all of us. I know it's happened to me. During songs or during the preaching, it's easy for our minds to wonder, to wander, rather, to wander. Think about, okay, all I've got to do to get lunch prepared or what happened last week or what needs to happen this week or that grocery list or 
oh no, did I leave the iron on? You know, there's, there's all these different things that come to our mind during worship and during preaching. Am I the only one? Does this happen to y'all sometimes? Oh, it's so easy for our minds to wonder. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says to take captive every thought. So as soon as you start thinking those things that, that don't relate to what's going on so that you can be present, you just take that thought captive and just rein it back in. All right, God, I need your help. Through the Holy Spirit, I take that captive thought and I'm going to focus and be present on, on this. I'm going to worship you with my heart and mind. I'm going to listen with my heart and mind to the preaching, and I'm going to receive all that you have, and I'm going to bless you, God. Um, if our minds are preoccupied with other things, we may miss the blessing of blessing God and being blessed in worship. To take captive every thought. And then when you leave, maybe talk about what you learned and what, like a, something that stood out to you, either in the service or in Sunday school, and share it with everyone in your car. Um, if you are alone, go home or go home and journal. Write it down what you learned. Um, we live about 20 or 25 minutes away from here, and that's, it's become such a rich time for our family to discuss church on the way home, and it's just really been fun to hear what the kids um, remember and all that they learn in Sunday school and from their amazing teachers and, and what they learn in here, so that's been a rich time. So ask God, what do you want me to do with what I learned and experienced today? Okay, so why do we gather? We gather for many different reasons, but today we, we talked about we gather to encourage each other and to sing praises to the Lord with our heart and with our minds and spirit and in truth. So let's gather, let's encourage, let's sing, let's be one, and let's pray. Father, I thank you. Oh, it's such a privilege to gather together to worship you with one heart and one voice to present a sacrifice of praise to you, God. You deserve everything. You deserve our hearts. You deserve our minds. Lord, I thank you for these wonderful people here, for this, for this fellowship, for these people and, and all that they've been through. God, what they've been through in their stories, just equip them to help other people who are going through the same thing. I pray that you would help us to be sensitive to each other and what all of us are going through, to encourage and to sing with all we've got to you. We love you, Lord, and we just pray for your Holy Spirit to um, impress what you want to in our hearts today and that we would do something with it and that we would make changes according to what you've impressed on our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to SermonCast, the online preaching ministry of Hope Hole United Methodist Church. If you enjoyed this message, consider sharing it with a few friends. Remember to visit us at hopeholeumc.org sermons and subscribe to get notified when new content is posted. Thanks for listening.